What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Triflix Cast. Today we have special guest Jeremy Miller here to talk about entrepreneurial stuff. Absolutely. And, and uh, everything that he's done somehow in such a short <laughs> amount of time, this thing we call life. Life, yes. yes. Thank you for having me. Very grateful to be here. Thanks, man. Dude, uh, it is definitely my pleasure. So you are a mutual, uh, we have a mutual friend, Ben Gluntz. Shout uh, out to Ben. Yeah, shout out, Benny. <laughs> uh, he put you on the show and uh, we're really excited to have you. Um, awesome. Thank you. Benny was telling me that uh, you have just a lot of knowledge and you've been interviewed by quite a few people. So this isn't your first time. Yeah. True. So could you tell us a little bit about who you are and like what type of line of work it is that you're in? Sure. Um, so you just want me to like start with like my story? Yes. Cool. Yeah, start it off. All right. Well, um, I'm going to start out like dark, you know, it's deep. Like I'm just going to be real, you know, authentic, you know, radical transparency. Right. So yep. and I'm slowly actually just this year, I've been really starting to get more open about these things. So, again, I really appreciate you having me here. Give me a platform. So, but so. To take it all kind of in the beginning, um, I was sexually abused at a young age of seven years old. And like, whether you can relate to that or you know someone like at all ages, at all levels in life, I mean, that can really traumatically affect someone, especially at a young age where, mm -hmm. you know, the cognitive brain development is very malleable, very, you know, pivotable, lots of development going on. That can really like confuse someone or, or set them apart like in a negative way, right? So like at a young age, I was experiencing like loneliness and I was experiencing confusion confusion and anger, all these different things. Um, in early elementary school, I, you know, switched from public schools to private schools because I had such bad grades and like I needed more of like a personal touch or personal assistant from teachers. And so like the few friends that I had, you know, I lost them going to a different school. So that also, you know, again, it just adds on to the loneliness factor. Come middle school, um, started to like mature very quickly because of what had happened. And I was starting to develop like an awareness of like some of my insecurities. I was starting to develop like an awareness, of like I'm becoming depressed. Like I didn't, I, I don't know if I was depressed at that point because I was so young. Or I don't, I don't know if I knew that, but mm -hmm. things were coming, right? Things were getting worse. I was just, as each day went, went on, like just the purpose or just my belonging just slowly like diminished. And so seventh grade, um, I'm kicked out of school because like, you know, at this point I'm doing whatever I can to just fit in, you know, whether it be a class clown or disrespect teachers or fight someone, whatever it is to get some attention or to feel some kind of like, relevance or importance on this yeah. ball of mud right and so come freshman year of high school you know things just weren't getting any better for me um i started to hang around like bad people bad associations which you know there's a famous quote john maxwell if you show me you know, the five people who you surround yourself with the most i can you know show you what your life will look like my associations were just super clouded super negative and um again i was just trying to feel normal i was trying to like forget some of like these thoughts that are in my brain these negative dark thoughts of guilt, shame, uh, depression that I was starting to be, you know, uh, starting to understand with. And so I would try to silence these noise, silence these thoughts. So I started drinking, started partying, um, started doing drugs and just doing whatever I could to just kind of silence the noise. Right. Yeah. Um, well, as you know, and as a lot of people know, those things aren't necessarily going to make you always better. Right. The Friday or uh, the Monday, excuse me, um, after a weekend of partying, I did not feel better off before that Friday. Like I might've felt, you know, good at the, the parties and maybe during the highs or whatever, cause mm -hmm. you know, the short temporary, but in terms of like long-term, the Monday after the, the, the weekend of partying, I, I was always worse off. There was like this void, this, there's this emptiness inside of me uh, that was happening. And so like, while I was trying to like find all these different solutions, I was, I'm, I need a much deeper uh, solution for a much bigger problem. And what happened right. was like, I lacked a purpose. Like I just didn't, have any reason to be here and so i needed a purpose um and so i mentioned you know there's this emptiness inside of me almost like this void this like deep chasm and as i was trying to fill with these things these chasms just kept getting worse the loneliness kept getting worse and so one summer before sophomore uh, one summer uh one summer night before my sophomore year of high school um things just kept getting worse for me it just really like i've really tried a lot of things that the world offers for happiness etc and so um, but I was still I was even more confused that all these things weren't working. I was even more depressed, like I said. So I started cutting myself, trying to understand like mm -hmm. these pains that I'm going through, trying to understand like what does this all mean, trying to make sense of it. And as you know, or as you know, the people listening, like that obviously doesn't help you, right? Yeah. So the light at the end of the tunnel kept getting smaller and smaller. And at this point, I was like a danger to myself and a danger to people. So like people didn't have knives around me. I mean, just the whole nine yards. And so I literally started to feel like a burden to other people's lives. Like 
it's one thing to feel significant when you can make other people's lives better. But when you are already feeling not significant and you start to feel like you're making other people's lives worse or they have to wa- wa- like watch over you, worry yeah, you, work it sucks, it. right? Yeah. And so long story short, um, I just want to take a more permanent solution. So one late summer night, I went to a medicine cabinet, filled up my hand with pills. And literally, I threw so many pills in my throat that I was choking on just all the plastic pellets. And, you know, I, I, you know, I was very, you know, harmed by that you know just the, the next few days are terrible but i believe by the grace of god or the you know, the universe is some kind of higher deity that i survive you know there's a reason for that mm-hmm. and so to kind of bring it to my introduction to entrepreneurship um during that time i had a therapist who understood the brain she understood psychology right so this chemical serotonin, serotonin right she understood that there are triggers there's loops there's if then sequences that happens in her brain and so she didn't just say to jeremy here's a magic pill for you or here's you know, whatever. She's like, we're going to take a look at your brain and like psychology and like really dissect what it, what helps, what makes a human have sustained level of happiness. And at the end of the day, it's when, and again, a lot of this is science theory, but there's data back behind it, but the scientific process takes a long time. So at the end of the day, this is theory, but scientists theorize that this chemical regulates your mood, your anxiety, your happiness. And, um, you know, our brain works in a loop. So, you know, when people talk about the depressed and they talk about a chemical imbalance, that's because your their brain is in a loop of not producing this chemical. It's producing dopamine, which makes you addicted to drugs and sex or video games, what have you. But it's in a loop of not producing serotonin. Therefore, you don't feel happy. You don't feel significant. You don't feel fulfilled, which is what this chemical does. But uh, again, our brain works on if-then sequences. So you can trigger these certain chemicals, you know, when you work out and go run, you know, I like to rock climb, whatever you feel motivated after you feel good, that pump up feeling, right? Mm -hmm. That's not just some random phenomenon that's happening. That's endorphins being released in your brain, making you feel more confident. That's why they say work out in the morning, because not only are you visualizing yourself accomplishing a task, but a chemical literally in your brain is making you more motivated. And so that the four chemicals that really influence today are dopamine, oxytocin, endorphins, and uh, serotonin. That's the last one that I mentioned. So to kind of you know bring it full circle, um, I had a mentor at that time who was an entrepreneur, and, and actually before that's you know what I was explaining about how you know scientists theorize you can trigger this chemical. One of the quickest ways you can trigger the chemical serotonin, which makes you happy, is by doing something else for someone else, right? Mm-hmm. So like the l- l- last time you held the door open for someone, or you inspired someone, or you encouraged someone, or someone was in a, a financial situation, you helped them, and they responded to you by saying you helped me because of this, or you made someone smile, mm-hmm. you feel good inside, you feel fulfilled, you feel respond, you know, not responsible, you almost feel this like the significance, right? Yeah, that's serotonin being released in your brain. So I was serving at my school, not, you know, uh, food shelters, all these kind of things. And it was literally therapy, like it was therapeutic for me to help other people. When I was depressed, the questions I would ask in my brain were, how can I make myself happy? Like, what can I do for me? But how can you blame me when like I literally hated either myself or the world that I lived in? Mm-hmm. But when I like flipped the script and said, how can I make you smile? How can I make someone else better? How can I make someone else happier? I felt more fulfilled and alive than any other party I'd been to. And so, again, I, I mentioned you, my mentor was an entrepreneur. And when I looked at his life and analyzed what people said about him, his happiness, his family's happiness, they were very rich monetarily, but they were also rich in a life standpoint. You know, people always had good stuff to say about them, their reputation, their legacy, they were contributing to the society. They were always going the extra mile for people, mm-hmm. always serving others better. And so like this idea of an entrepreneur, you know, this, this word entrepreneurship, which mind you at the time, I had no idea how to spell or anything. I was like 16, 17 at the time. I was 16 at the time. Um, it kind of inspired me to research it. Like, what is this word? So I want to serve people for the rest of my life, but I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what to do it. So yeah. Long story short, through researching entrepreneurship, I found that at its core, entrepreneurship is serving others. You're you're creating conveniences in the marketplace, solving gaps in society, filling people's needs. And so um, I was a skateboarder at the time. And so my first introduction to entrepreneurship was I started a skateboard company and it was exciting. We built longboards. It was you know very exciting. We had artists, custom design boards, and we mm-hmm. were at a two-car square garage. It was fun. But long story short, it I lost like $8,000 to that venture. Like it failed. Like I could not produce a manu, I could not consistently build a team that can manufacture or, you know, build products that can manufacture the same product over and over. But although it closed with the deficit, I was drawn to entrepreneurship because of how much it impacted my life positively. But then mostly how much I saw I can make an impact on others, whether by building a platform or a product or something to make other people feel better at the end of the day. There's a and, you know, just kind of finish this little story or this piece of my the story, part of my introduction in entrepreneurship. There's a quote by a famous p- poet named Ralph Waldo Emerson. And the quote goes, the purpose of life is not to be happy, but it is to be useful. 
to be honorable and to be compassionate and to know that you have made some difference in the life that you have lived. And like, that's yeah. what I was starting to wow. experience in, in entrepreneurship. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, quite the background. Very, yeah, man. Very extensive. It sounds like you've probably spoke on it a couple of times before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Spain a couple weeks ago. That was a beautiful, amazing, very exciting trip. Spain is a gorgeous country. I've always wanted to go. Dude, the culture. I mean, that's a whole another story there. I mean, just the culture, the people, the history there. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you said it got you inspired in entrepreneurship, um, just uh, just a number of things. But what what is what was the step after taking um, like acknowledging that, you know, the skateboard company wasn't going to work out? Right. Where did you go from there? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So, I mean, honestly, like I had started this venture to to make myself feel good, right, to feel significant. And when a company fails, like at the end of the day, yes, failures, you learn from them, but failures suck. And so I was super discouraged and yep. super upset. And so, again, I had a mentor, point mentor. Um, I went to one of my mentors and I was like, yo, man, like this is not what I wanted. Like, what, what do I do now? And he's like, hey, you're 16 years old. Mm -hmm. You have your whole life ahead of you. Any failures that you have now are just going to be learning opportunities. He helped me realize that, like, if you look at every successful person in whatever life that you define success, they had some kind of failed project or venture or company or some kind of failed thing that they tried, but they learned from, right? Yeah. And so he encouraged me. He said, Jim, you're trying to take over the world. You're trying to do all these kind of things. You might be able to build a company eventually, but you can't really build a company now, but you still have value. You still have skills. So what were the few things that you did best at, at the company or, or what was the one thing that you did best at, at that company? And, mm -hmm. And during that time, you know, being young and being new to all this kind of stuff, I was constantly reading books, listening to podcasts, you know, reading articles on marketing, all these kind of things. And through this information I was reading, I came across social media and branding and virality and content, all these kind of things. And mind you, this was 2014. So like it was, you know, you know content was a very big thing, but it was mostly blogs and all these kind of things. So like yeah. the whole idea of influencers, all that kind of stuff was kind of growing. So I was very intrigued with this whole realm of marketing and content with being a physical product business, like having an online brand, but also having a physical company, it just kind of intrigued me. So long story short, through exploring the depths of social media, um, within an eight month period of time, I had over 100 million impressions organically on content, 250,000 followers on Twitter, just getting stuff to go viral left and right, you know? Um, the only time I made money throughout the whole time was I did one ad for Coachella for like $1,000, which is cool. But in that time, I learned what kind of content makes people want to share like what kind of content when someone clicks retweet or share when they sh when their friends say they retweet it how does their status go up whether they're sharing a meme or some piece of news or some piece of interesting you know salt sm small segment of text or a meme or something that will make people like oh wow you're woke or you're aware or you're aware of trends and all these kind of things and i get you like you know i appreciate mm -hmm. you introducing me to these th things right and so just kind of learning like what content what videos what pieces of you know, how long would you know tweet need to be on average to go viral, all these kind of things. And so long story short, you know, for, per my advice from a mentor and per exploring stuff on social media, launched a social media marketing company. And you know, basically all we did was we managed social media accounts, we made content for them and, and it was great. I mean, I pretty much just used that company as like a platform to, you know, build my skills, you know, yeah. make money, but also a like- test pilot, really. Yeah, exactly. It was a test pilot. Like, if I want to do this entrepreneur thing, is this something that I can do? Like, can I do this whole concept of hone in on, you know, focus on my skills? Because if I can't, then I need to find something different, you know? Um, and long story short, did did pretty okay, but I still didn't feel like I had the most amount of impact that I could. Like, I still felt like I could have more impact on the business, right? When it came to social media. And by this time, it's probably getting like 2016, 2017. So, Long story short, through all, reading all these articles on about marketing and social media, Facebook ads, you know, algorithms, all these kind of things, there's one guy who I kept consistently reading his name, named Dennis Yu, and his background, he spent a billion dollars at Yahoo, worked right under the CMO, ran all their analytics, and now owns a company called Blitzmetrics, where they do the advertising for Golden State Warriors, Nike, GoDaddy, so huge brands, right? 40 plus person agency. Well, long story short, <laughs> earned mentorship from him and there's literally like a whole funny story behind that like how i got him as a mentor because like he's got blue check marks everywhere and at the time i was a nobody so like there's kind of a funny story there but long story short earned him as a mentor earned his trust and he invited me out to a workshop at GoDaddy headquarters where he normally charges seventy five hundred dollars for all these big marketing managers and cmos to come out there yeah and in this three-day workshop which mind you before that i was just doing social media management and everything in this three-day workshop this dude taught me more about 
advertising psychology and funnels and data analytics with Facebook and Instagram and Google ads that like my mind was blown. So long story short, end up staying with his team out there for like three months, just learning a ton of stuff, just being a sponge, right? Yeah. Just like my vision for what was possible in digital marketing was so elevated beyond like comprehension, right? This wasn't stuff that you just Google on, you know, the internet, you had to like, die, like search deep for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so came back to Indianapolis and with this newfound knowledge of like, how do you build an actual digital marketing funnel or like a, a funnel that actually drives conversions, drives RLAS at, you know, 10, 12, 14, even up to 40X level, I started an actual advertising company called Inspired Blue Media, which is kind of really where things started to pick up in terms of my personal brand, income, opportunities, the whole nine yards. So mm -hmm. after the skateboard company, it was testing with social media, with the, the social, media, social media management company. And then per the mentorship, again, mentorship, nailed like narrowed down even more to just advertising on social media and that's been kind of my bread and butter uh, ever since yeah so did you can are you still working with that company you tested on or have you stepped away and started to pursue good question apply those skills elsewhere uh, so so yes good question two questions there so yes the in terms of skills that i learned oh my gosh man i mean a, I believe life is a series of stepping stones. At the end of the day, we learn stuff, we meet people, we develop perspective and understanding every time we're going through life, unless we're just going through the motions. And whether we realize it or not, when we quit that thing or move on to the next thing, we're taking the people who we met, the people who we inspired by, the things that we learn to the next venture. So yeah, 100% the skills have been invaluable to me. But as far as your first question, yeah, so when I was running the agency space, uh, in the agency space, like, I, I enjoyed it because like I could you know work from my laptop or you know work wherever, mm -hmm. but it being in the agency space, what you get this to increase your income, you just get a new client. Like one more client can be an extra five thousand dollars a month, or you know, it's just instant yeah. more income. <laughs> but what does also a whole new client mean to you? A ton more work, right? So like. Yep. You know, with sometimes with selling products or other things, like you can make more money, but still, like, you know, just be refining your process. But, like, with an agency space, like, I literally had to get more people or just myself do more work. And long story short, man, like, every year around my birthday, which is November 14th, is actually coming up, I get super reflective of that entire year. And in that year of running the agency space and, you know, just having my life pretty much governed by clients, like, I was starting to lose the freedom that I was looking for with entrepreneurship to make an impact on people. Yep. I just realized, like, Maybe I should step back a little, right? And so one of our clients was named Snap. Uh, was Snapshift. They were a new startup in Indianapolis, just get, getting uh, off, you know, off the ball rolling. And we were managing their social media and starting to dive into funnels, advertising. As I started learning these things, and personally, like I personally started taking more work with this company because I was excited for the vision. I love the team. I love the product. Snapshift is um, a mobile app for the food and beverage industry. So it's like online staffing. So it's like the, the oh, okay. so it's a gig economy staffing app, just like Uber, but for bartenders, servers, cooks, and uh, you know, dishwashers, security guards, et cetera. There's over 20,000 uh, people on the app now. So it's had some decent organic growth, but at the time, you know, they were still launching. And I, I love this company. I love the vision, Thorwood, he's a CEO. And I was very excited, but also I was kind of looking for a way out of the agency space because it was getting very, uh, overwhelming <laughs> yeah and so i sold my ownership to my co-founder and joined snapshot full-time to as partner director of marketing and had so much fun we were in different startup accelerators 500 startups we went through like so many different growing pains but had so many fun successes we we're in mira yeah. and and now snapshift is having great success um the other co-founder stephanie corliss she's speaking they're based out of silicon valley now um per the help of 500 startups and so snapshift is doing great stuff but you know kind of like what i mentioned to kind of bring it, you know, almost to where I am now, last year in the fall around my birthday, almost just like what at the age space, it got super reflective of my year. And also in that same year, 2018, I launched the nonprofit. And so running the nonprofit and then also being director of marketing at Snapship, while I loved both of them, I was very passionate about both. Both of them were bringing me fulfillment and everything. I was just doing too much. Like I wasn't spending enough time with my family, wasn't going out in nature very often, you know, just things that like make us as a human, right? You know, we're a human being, not a human doing, you know, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I like that. Right. And so like I, I had to make changes in my life. And so I, you know, you know, it was, it was very, very mutual, but I stepped down from my, my post at Snapshift. Still, you know, friends of the company, everything, talk to them often, shout out to Thor, Stephanie, the whole team. But I just need to kind of self-reflect. And so to bring it full circle to where we are now, um, kind of like what I mentioned right before this, basically in November, December of 2018, I kind of stepped back and working on my nonprofit the full time, which great work there. 
first three or four months of 2019, just kind of chilling, you know, doing lots of meditation, traveling, hiking, spending time outdoors, exercising, just really trying to like dive deep into self-awareness, all those kind of things. And um, it was great. I, I really found like a lot of things about myself, learned a lot about my identity and purpose and all that kind of stuff. It was really, really needed. Um, but I also, I'm very ambitious. I want to keep doing things. And so uh, I wanted some more work. And so long story short, a very good friend of mine, Bryn Jones, CMO of Hughes Culinary, which owns St. Elmo Steakhouse, Harry and Izzy's Burger Study for the restaurants. Every, everything. Yeah, they, they, they're, a, they're a pretty awesome restaurant company, beautiful yeah. culture. He reached out to me for an opportunity and I said, yep, I want to do that. And so long story short, I help St. Elmo's and Hughes Culinary share their culture and their stories through videos on social media. Like they've got some workers who have worked there for 40 years. Like that's, that's amazing, right? Yeah. And so there's all those kind of things. And then Craig Hughes is a part owner or part investor in Joey Chestnut Foods. So if you or anyone listening knows the famous hot dog eater, Joey Chestnut, yep. 52 world records, all these crazy things. He owns a retail product line called Joey Chestnut Foods with like amazing Coney sauces, wing sauces, just dipping sauces, just delicious. And that's my unbiased, you know. Uh -huh. And so I'm also like running that social media. So I'll go to like the competitions and stuff. Uh, but yeah, so full time, you know, with my nonprofit, but then also I do a little bit of these consultant gigs, do some speaking here and there. And at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a quote that I came across by a philanthropist from the 1700s. And it goes, to do something, however small, to make others happier and better is the most elevating hope and the greatest ambition which can inspire a human being. And so these platforms, these ventures, these things that I have access to that I'm working on, mm -hmm. in some way, some fashion or form, they're allowing me to do just that, that quote. And so um, through those ventures, I'm able to be fulfilled, but also still have the impact and be learning things, challenging myself, you know, don't get me wrong, things are still tough often, but I'm able to feel fulfilled and be accomplishing goals and still have the freedom to be able to like relax and you know travel and just kind of have like life balance, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah yeah dude that's solid i um so i guess that leads us up to where you currently are right mm -hmm. what was your original vision like so it sounds like you had pretty like a darker childhood was there at any point in time growing up where you thought far enough ahead of what i want to be when i grow up yeah dude <laughs> i want to be an astronaut for the longest time like a legitimate like i had a all my birthdays, they were always space stuff, astronaut theme, all these kind of things. But um, in some like early elementary school, actually, like I don't think the teacher meant to come across this way, but just the way I took it for whatever reason, basically, you know, it was one of those you know career days where you say what you want to say. And I said, I want to be an astronaut. And one of my mm -hmm. teachers was like, astronauts know a ton of math. You know, they're rocket science. You know, there's a ton of math there. But I was really bad at math at the time. And mind you, this might have been like third grade or something. But she said something to the point of like, either you got to get, you know, really good with math if you want to be an astronaut. But the way I took it was like, oh, you can't be in, you won't be an astronaut because you don't know math. And so like, I really want to be an astronaut. But ever since you know, like that kind of like killed my dream a little bit. I was like, well, if I don't know math, I can't work on space shuttles. So, but that's what I wanted to be for a while. Then after that, it was like a military slash scientist, the military type thing. But yeah, yeah. honestly, I'm very, you know, you know, I mentioned the stepping stones in life. Like at the end of the day, we control our, our destiny. We control our reality. Like whether people believe it or not, if we spend enough time with intentionality, reading books, building our association, it might take five years, it might take seven years, but we can build the type of life that we have. Now, granted, at the end of the day, I'm privileged as heck. I'm white. I have an amazing family. I, you know, I have a ton of privilege, right? But we humans, we have so much more power than we actually realize in terms of creating mm -hmm. a life that we want. And so yep. by being an entrepreneur, by having platforms, I'm able to do things that can still like pique my interest or my passions, but might not hit, hit it the way that I might've wanted. Like the universe works in amazing ways, right? Mm -hmm. Coincidences and everything. So like the NASA trip, you know, in 2018, I was invited out by NASA to film a SpaceX rocket launch, you know, be part of NASA facilities, interview, an a interview a real astronaut and just be so inspired by some of the most amazing, you know, aspects of human technology and all these kind of things. Like we were 3.2 miles away from a rock launch, which is like the closest legal distance you can be. We were on like the NASA causeway, which Elon was almost going to be there, but he had like a Tesla shareholder yeah. issue meeting. But like, that was a beautiful experience. And like, while we mentioned, like I lost like a lot of the footage, but still I was able to experience space technology and space, you know, NASA and SpaceX in a way that like not people are blessed or fortunate to be, be, be able to. And so I'm very thankful and grateful that even though like my life might not have happened the way I wanted it, at the end of the day, 
I have the life that I'm happy with. I have, you know, it's almost like life kind of works this way. And you know, yeah. with a series of stepping stones, whether you might not ha- be where you want, want to be now, if you work hard, if you like reverse engineer, if you like mm-hmm. get the mentors, like that's why I'm so passionate about mentors. If you want to, if someone has a big dream, a big grandiose dream right now, if anyone's listening, you want to do something that's like crazy, start a company, write a book, whatever. And you have people telling you like, you can't do that. You can't do if you just get a mentor or find someone who has already done that and let them teach you what, what they did, like that's literally a hack. You know, that's an edge that so many people don't think about, you know, just reaching out. Hey, I'd like to learn from you. So just incorporating a lot of things like that. Like I like to say, be a student of the world, not only a student of the classroom. So just incorporating different things like that. Mm-hmm. You can take a lot more control of your destiny than you know, a lot of times we, we realize, you know, you, you've got this great space. You've got like, this amazing team, this great coach. Like you're happy. You get to like, you know, have all these meetings. Like you're able to control your destiny as an entrepreneur, which right. is in part why at the nonprofit we say like, not everyone should be an entrepreneur, but just they should think like an entrepreneur, right? Like, do you know your unique skill set? Do you know your unique perspective, your yep. unique value set to bring value to someone? If you do, like you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, whether you got a company or you own your own company. Yeah. Yeah. We were, um, last podcast, I was talking to Cole Ankley and he love, was- ex- Love Cole. Shout out to Cole. Yeah, dude. Cole's such a great guy. And, uh, we were talking about how, despite, you know, what seemed like a lot of failures along the way, he was able to take some learning experience from each and every one of those opportunities. And then the current space that he's working in now is real estate, but with his photography, with his branding, with his marketing backgrounds, he's finding ways not only to serve himself in real estate, but serve his colleagues. Perfect. Yeah. Like they literally start to work together. Yeah. And it it got to the point that it's not just his colleagues anymore. It's his competitors Mm. realize he's so good at it (laughs) that they would rather pay him a little bit so that they can keep, you know, some sort of market share or stay competitive. Shout out to Cole. I mean, like that's the other thing we, you know, at the nonprofit, we like to encourage people to like, either build your personal brand so you have you know like every single person is a media agency so you build your personal brand you have the audience or have actual marketable skills like of course at a job or at our career like you'll bring great value but if you can like make con like make videos video editing photography or like seo or blog writing and those kind of things you're so valuable to so many different companies because a lot of those companies will pay decent money for each of those skills especially if you're young and you have that unique perspective and that's where it comes down to like knowing your value and a lot of Facts. people don't understand because Facts. you know I, I love columbus indiana I love it this. is a great city uh, i guess town it's somewhere in between yeah it's close absolutely yeah but there's um a lot of people here don't know necessarily or not that they don't know they just they don't have realize. a different they don't realize mm. it or they don't appreciate it mm. or whatever the case is there's a lot of talented people here mm. that like you said seo video media marketing uh, because a lot of this town is manufacturing based mm. focused around comments who you know their headquarters is here but a lot of other companies are considered manufacturing or service mm. to them and whenever you're in that that mindset your goal is do we have enough people to manufacture our good to sell it to mm. our customer wow and it's just a cycle just a cycle mm. and you have just in time production so you're you're trying to be a lane manufacturer trying to produce as efficiently as possible so you're producing as a, as you know your supplies come in and then there's just there's so much focus on it there's not enough room for like innovation or culture it almost seems well i mean there might be i yeah, mean there, there can yeah. be it depends on the company I, i'm True. i'm very uh blessed to have a, a very good partnership um with uh with Versia. they're one of my primary clients wow, and awesome. um they they're really they're really kind in the manner of innovation and they are very positive and you said Prisia. Forcia. Forcia. And, and yeah. what are they doing? again? So they are an automotive manufacturer right. and wow. they're producing, uh, actually, I think they're rebranding to tech company. Oh, wow. Okay. Similar to, you know, how Ford was doing for a while. Oh. Um, so they produce a lot of exhaust systems. Uh, but to summarize it, they could produce an entire car excluding, I believe, the interiors and motor. Wow. I, I, I fairly, wow. fairly certain that's, a, that's like a lot the, of components yeah, of the car. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think wow. uh, tires as well. But overall, I'm pretty sure that they're, if they haven't produced all of those components, they have at some point because I think they had an interior system. They, they've got, it was, um, they had exteriors. They have interior seating and exhaust systems. But now they're cool. starting to go into a lot more technical spaces like, um like software uh software yes uh battery power wow. yes ai wow yes. wow yeah um ar 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they're they're very advanced for their company, and, uh, and they're based out of Columbus. Uh, they are based out of. Uh, I want to botch this. They're based out of France. I oh, know wow. that, and I want to say it's Bavance, but wow. they're such an international company; mm, it's hard to put a pinpoint on it sure. because they have a lot of talent hubs. Columbus being one of them. Uh, the North America central location would actually be in Michigan, around Detroit area, so Southfield, Detroit, and we have a lot of um, a lot of business relations in you know China and Germany and India. Mm. So wow. being you know, like you said, understanding the culture and understanding the value mm. of different things because they're so uh, international and they have all these different inputs. They really have and, different cultures with yeah. Wow. That's so, so interesting. And that offers so much more input mm. to the company because they see, they even if they that's didn't really necessarily see a value in something at the start, because of all these cultures coming together, the mm. innovation just kind of develops itself. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah you, you don't really think about that with international companies. Like they're literally getting fed feedback of information from so many different cultures and perspectives. Oh yeah. man, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I've never thought about that. Yeah. So I, I do like the fact that you wore the NASA hat yes. after talking about <laughs> and you know, the dream job. Last right? Saturday, I ran a 5K in uh -huh. a space. It was, was it like a Halloween costume 5K, but it did it in a spacesuit. It was very hot with Luke Rex. Actually, shout out to Luke, Ooh. but did it in a spacesuit. So it was very hot, but it was fun. You're branding, right? You know, we, yeah. we stood out in the pictures and the, the content we got is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing on Forsea was actually we, I just went in and did a photo shoot. Oh, cool. And it was for the, the women's, like basically uh, a conference with executive leadership and some of the, the females in the company that were desiring like knowledge on how do I, how do I develop my self branding and personal oh, wow. branding, wow. which, you know, kind of aligns a little bit with what you're talking about Absolutely. is the importance of knowing what you're good at mm. and what you excel in. Mm. And then how can I market that in a way that, cause you, it's clear that you, you have value and some sure. people may overlook that in a way, Absolutely. but you definitely have value and it's how do I market or brand yes. myself in a way that other people, um, you like being a salesman Absolutely. How, how can i convince them that this is a good a great idea literally like on we're on social media all the time like we're building our personal brands but we're just not looking at it that way like like we we put it we're putting our content we're thinking about the way like perceived messaging and reputation but like and we have all you know our phones and everything but if we just think about how like our presence on the internet can drive opportunity for us it's a whole different perspective and so then you start thinking about how can i build a platform how can i build credibility how can i give myself that audience to bring opportunities whether i'm selling something or teaching or you know whatever yeah. it might be yeah man i mean and honestly the other kind of byproduct of personal brain that's really cool is excuse me if you are making videos now of your life whether it's vlogs documentaries short little one minute videos stuff that you're learning people that you're meeting trips etc mm -hmm. well five years from now it's gonna be so cool for either a you to go look back at that or 10 years from now for you to show your kids or your wife or something like that like you can go back seven years ago on this crazy trip that you didn't like Thailand or something, you met this crazy people that you literally had the video footage of that. It's like, that's when like other cool byproducts of personal branding is you're literally documenting your life for later nostalgic use, which is really exciting. That's actually why I started. So a long Dude. time ago I did vlogging because uh, yeah. relatively, or I guess comparatively, my memory is just, it's, it's not Excel. Like mm. that's not something mm. I excel in is like True. mental notes. Right. So, I I just remember looking back and like, I don't remember a whole lot of my past. Mm. And it, it bummed me out because everybody mm. would always talk about these trips they've taken and all these experiences and all these stories they have. And mine's more like an associative memory. So if we're having a conversation, it'll start triggering okay. a ton of different thoughts and I want to go down all these tangents. Interesting. Uh, but I could never like reflect and just be like, oh yeah, this is that thing we did. Then, then uh, if somebody asked me on the spot. Wow. Uh, so I started vlogging uh, daily, trip, like all these trips Dude, that I was yes. taking, like all these projects I was working on. And it gave me so much motivation right? because it was like, this is the task that I do today. Mm. And like you're talking with serotonin, mm. if, yes. it's it's a reoccurring cycle yes. where if you do the task, it gives you this boost and yes. then you want to do another task and you get another boost and it keeps going and going and going. Feel it accomplished, confident. Yeah. yeah, dude. And at that time I was doing gym twice a day, doing vlogging. I was working part-time school full-time and it was just, it felt so good. So do you have those videos now? You watch them every now and then? I, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta dig them up somewhere. Yeah. And that's actually our goal with our company, Triflix LLC mm. is we wanted to, uh, 
Okay, uh, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Sure. Uh, whenever we had a previous guest on, his name was Abhishek. We talk about whenever you're growing up or at some point in your life, you will be inspired by something or something will bring you joy. Hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times those yeah. are the things that people develop passion for. And then they want to know, how can I make other people feel the same way? Mm. Similar to how yeah. you're talking about, like, whenever I was growing up, yep. people invested in me. How can I invest in other people? Right. And uh, as we've discussed that idea, it's become more prevalent as a hypothesis that that's really what drives a lot of people's passion, mm, or in most cases yeah. it is. And for me, it was uh, a lot of YouTube content and realizing that digital VFX was something I was passionate about because it made me feel so good to watch, mm. right? And um, now I'm losing my train of thought, no, but uh, <laughs> uh, with our company, I really like those VFX. I like the yeah. tutorials. I like the training. And what yeah. we want to do is develop these short films that mm. when I grew up, I loved the short films. I love these sketches and these VFX heavy two to three minute content. Now, YouTube mm. doesn't promote that as much as it used to. It's all about long format uh, watch really? time, right? Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm not talking, on YouTube very much. Yeah, I, I know. It's really, it's I'm more into YouTube than anything else. And you're clearly well versed in all other media whether it's yeah, instagram it's more Twitter, like the Facebook. social media thing but i don't I, I don't know much about seo or youtube like it's very, very seo based that's for sure okay uh it's very hard to go viral unless i, I guess it's not hard it's hard it's as different. a creative person to mm. go viral because a lot of the constraints for it are based around watch time and length mm. and anything that used to be popular in 2013, which was like edgy sure. or or intense, so like VFX heavy stuff, like you can't go viral with that anymore. Mm, interesting. In most cases, because it doesn't match what it what is that they're looking for. Mm. Well, even if it matches what people want to watch, it doesn't match what YouTube's algorithm recommends. Mm. A lot of their stuff is based on um, what is ad friendly because that's how they make their money. Uh, so if yeah. it doesn't align with their goals, even if it is creative, even if it is uh, for in in like a, I guess a holistic sense, even if it is appropriate, because mm. you know there's like PG thirteen, sure. and it can be a great movie, it can mm. be a great skit sure. or sketch. But they can't run ads on this. They can't. So they don't want to promote it. Dude, YouTube has been making like some really weird changes. Like their whole issues with creatives and like removing the verified, and then Twitch as well. Like I feel like both of them are kind of like the more dominant, like the yeah. streaming type space. But like they both just been having terrible PR storms. PR storm, it's PR storm. It, it is uh, my anecdotal understanding that a lot of times these companies they promote an agenda temporarily because it's trending. Mm. You know whether it is. Um, hmm a concept or an idea or a political affiliation mm. or whatever the identity politic of the matter for that month is <laughs> they promote it literally and then like two months later they don't talk about it at all mm. for like a couple of years and then it gets popular again and at the end of the day it's like all about money you know whether it's corporatism literally. capitalism yeah. whatever whatever the both of those promote money right and the nice part about it is you know if if it's something people want, then they'll buy it and then they'll they get supported. It, right. So it's a, it's not a perfect system, but it's, it's fairly good. Right. And as long as people keep watching the YouTube content, even if it's not something I necessarily would like to make. Sure. Getting some kind of value. Somebody's yeah. getting value out Absolutely. of it and it's not for me to dictate, but I, I'm kind of curious, um, and jumping back on to you and what inspired you to go into this passionate, sure. uh, was there, I, it sounded like you'd mentioned the the mentor quite yeah. a bit. Where did that mentor come into your life? Like, at what point did you? Yeah, good meet? question. So, um, there's two different mentors who really, really impacted my life, especially at the young time. That was Kenton Yoey and Derek Christie. Both of them very successful, amazing, great families, great people, impacting the society. Well, my first mentor, Derek Christie, who I mentioned, kind of inspired me to look into entrepreneurship. Um, I actually dated his daughter. <laughs> so like <laughs> I, I learned a lot, a lot about him and just before or after he helped you. Uh, this is before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He so, must've liked you. Yeah. I mean, I guess apparently cause like that, cause I didn't really know who he was. I mean, I went to a small private school. So like we kind of knew about each other's families, but like that's when I really got to learn about him and like the value that he brings, get to meet him. You know, like I remember the first time I shook his hand and he was dressed in a nice suit and that was just like, you know, it was really interesting to me, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so, so I met him kind of you know, with, with his classmate and we're still friends to this day, Jenna. Um, but my second mentor, Kenton Yo, who I mentioned, 
he was actually an introduction for my dad and that's also another thing where privilege comes in like i have a very amazing dad and he's been able to make a lot of introductions for me but the, the thing i like to highlight with my dad making that introduction is aristotle has a concept called the prime mover right and the prime mover essentially states that to every effect there's some kind of cause and mm -hmm. you can go you know, you can trace it back to many many ways and like while my mentor you know was very impactful to be my dad made that initial introduction say hey kenton go talk with my son, Jeremy. He's this young you know, kid who wants to be an entrepreneur. We go talk with him. By him making an introduction, he planted that seed of impact. And, you know, later down the road, you know, it produced lots of fruit of, yep. you know, value for both of us, you know? And so, shout yeah. Out, so shout out to all the parents out there that share their yes. children's content. Literally. Yeah. And post Cause you never know. Like that's literally how I got you. my first mentor and he is, he's helped me in so many amazing ways. So yeah, it was, it was my dad and made, make an introduction. Thanks, mom. I love you. Yes. Shout, shout out to mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, um, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of nepotism, you know, like the, the parent that sure. picks up the child and then puts them in this place that they clearly don't deserve. Right. But I think there definitely is, uh, as an individual, to know that if you work really hard, you can make opportunities, not just for your sure. children, but for other people and anyone you wanted to mentor. Absolutely. Even. 100%. And honestly, that's 100%. On top of, you know, I make stuff because I want to make people happy. Like one of the biggest driving factors for wanting to succeed in life other than, you know, taking care of my family is I really look forward to the day whenever I'm in a position where I can help other people yeah. out yeah. that have not even similar passions, but just you can see the good in people and yeah. you want to cultivate that because you can you know, nurture them, plant a seed yeah. of inspiration. Yeah, dude. And, and honestly, like these mentor relationships, they're so mutually beneficial. Like if they can give value, like I spent some time with Seth Godin in New York city and he says every single person in the world wants to increase their status, whether they admit it or not. Right. They want to increase their status for their colleagues, their friends, their family, whatever. And they want to increase it by different ways, make more money, look more successful or look like you're giving back, look more religious, whatever. Right. And so with mentors, a lot of times, you know, they want to be seen as they're doing good. They're impacting the youth. So like another thing of personal branding, this is what I'm so passionate about, like young people making a personal brand. If you're building a personal brand, making videos about stuff that you're learning, making videos about people that you're learning from, you will literally create a magnet of mentors to come to you because you, you're highlighting them. You're exposing them and the value that they're having. So then once I started to make videos and content about you know, what people are taught, teaching me, the mentorship continued to come back, the mentorship continued to come back and the mentors just started to flow in. And like, that's why like, when you set up your life in certain ways, whether it's personal branding or having a platform, opportunities not only are everywhere, but opportunities can literally like arrive in your footstep. Like they can literally fall into your lap and then honestly get to the point at the end of the day where you're saying no to 99 opportunities and you're saying yes to the one that's like most impactful, it aligns with your icky guy, whatever, you know, your yep. purpose, passion, yes, all those kind of things, right? I love right? that. That's, uh, is it, I believe it's the Japanese principle for like purpose, pur or, purpose life. or happiness yeah. or something along that line. Something like that. It's beautiful. But like yeah. whatever that might be, because a lot of times you being an entrepreneur, you might take many years where you hustle, you work hard, it's not fun, exciting, you know, got to put your nose to the grindstone. But eventually if you build yourself a platform or reverse engineer, you know, smart enough, you can get to a place where you can have that freedom or you can have that life where you're able to impact people and also do good work and spend time with family, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's been a solid conversation. It's been great. I appreciate it. I think we got a little bit of time left. So um, I just want to preface so that way we can get through a couple of more little quick questions here. Absolutely. All right. So what has been the most uh, valuable thing that you feel like you have learned or taken away from, you know, from the day you were born? Sure. Until today, what has been the, the founding thing that you think adds the most value? I'll probably go back to what I mentioned earlier, and it was be a student of the world, not only a student of the classroom. Mm -hmm. And what that means is every single person in this world can teach you something, can introduce you to a new perspective, can share a new concept with you, can share a story with you to inspire you. And if you think about, and of course, if you're going out there, and you, if you just sit at home, watch Netflix, you know, obviously this won't apply to you. But if you're actually going out there, if you think about all the people who you're meeting on a daily, monthly, yearly basis, mm -hmm. you'll be amazed about the different perspectives and the stories you can grab. And then also we have Google in our pocket. So like one of the most valuable things I've learned that has been most impactful in my life is just being resourceful with the access that we have. And of course, being living in America, we're very privileged. So people in other countries might not have all the opportunities. But when I went to Spain, don't get me wrong, their culture was amazing and they had amazing arts and food and everything. But I clearly saw how America had a much 
better infrastructure to allow people to take opportunity or to take advantage of opportunities, you know? And so just being resourceful and being aware of what you have access to you, super yeah. valuable. And that's like the difference between equity and equality because mm, equality of mm. equity is really equality of outcome while mm. equality in its initial sense was equality or my understanding is it's the equality of like your starting point. Interesting, okay. So yeah. if you if everyone has a level playing field starting out, that's considered fair in most cases. Right. Um, now, other people have the perspective of if everyone finishes equal, that's fair. So there's those different mm, different perspectives. Yeah, that's but a good point. I, I really do love the what they call like the divinity of the individual. Like mm. you as an individual have value all on your own. You yes. don't need a group. True. So whenever I see somebody individually, you know, going out of their way to be resourceful mm. and um, – ingenuity like have that mindset of i'm going to be very um uh like Boot, bootstrapping dude yep. yes definitely absolutely whatever i see someone like that like there's like this pride and like the human spirit and yeah you might You're be rooting a, for him you might be a little jealous it's like oh my gosh he's doing great but you know inside like you're rooting see, for him you yeah. really are it's an underdog mentality and um I, I i like that you mentioned the student of the world that's really neat yeah um, so as far as misunderstandings go, do you get a lot of misunderstandings about who you are, about your line of work? Is there, what's the, what's the biggest one you get? Sure. Biggest one I get biggest, and this can, you know, biggest misunderstanding, biggest controversy, whatever is the whole data thing. Right. Yes. And, you know, not everyone might not agree with my perspective, but that's okay. Like, like we as humans, we need to have the different perspectives. Otherwise we're all gonna be robots. Right. But my perspective on data, you know, being an advertising now, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's levels of manipulation, like the whole Cambridge Analytica thing with the whole politics. Like there's a lot of illegal stuff there that should not have happened. The, mm -hmm. uh, the, the miscaring of the people's data and how they just, you know, all those kind of things. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, and this is speaking from an advertiser, of course, of course, I'm biased. You know, I believe in today's day and age, a lot of times we trade privacy for, for convenience. We trade privacy and we trade our data for the technology that we use. And so like, and again, I, I don't want to offend people or make anybody upset, but like, you know, a lot of people, they might ask me about the whole data privacy thing. Well, my response usually is if you're truly worried about like your data and don't get me wrong, like on my laptop, like I, I have like, like my, uh, you know, my, uh, uh, like the, the camera hidden. So like, you know, I, I want to have privacy and like at nighttime, yeah. like I have my blinds closed and everything. But at the end of the day, if you want to have an iPhone and have cameras and have computers, but you also are upset about this whole privacy thing and everything, well then just choose the Amish life. Like no one's stopping you. Like if you're really yeah. that worried about it, then don't use technology. But in today's day and age with companies, as long as you don't, they take in, that, do what? As long as you don't live in Hong Kong. True. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's the, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely it, speaking about America, America right now. Right. Um, but like, you know, companies, you know, we, a lot of times, you know, again, get, there's misuses of data, but like if companies are using data, right, they're supposed to be using that data to make their product better, to make their product more efficient, more effective, you know, just constantly iterating it. You know, that's like Google is Google at the end of the, like we've been in fortune to visit Google six different times and ask them different questions. And one thing that we've learned is Google is Google, not because of, you know, of course there's amazing vision all from the beginning, the founders, everything. But one of the reasons why Google is Google, Facebook is Facebook, all these big tech companies are mega giants. Sometimes it's too big, but the reason is because they can iterate so quickly. Yep. They can take data and feedback and immediately apply it in their process or product. So, and that's only possible with AI. Like, well, I mean, just data really. But I, like one, I mean, I'm sure an AI is an amplifier. An individual couldn't process that amount of data though. Well, I mean, companies have been collecting data for hundreds of years and AI has been around. So AI is an amplifier of what we can do with that data. So like mm -hmm. my brother is a tech op engineer for Splunk, which is this big data uh, aggregator that work, you know, they work with huge companies. And so AI can be uh, an amplifier of how we can translate that data. But at the end of the day, the whole concept of collecting feedback, whether it's a piece of paper and we write down our ideas or billions of bits of data that we need AI, if the day if the data is using properly that data can just be used to make the product better make the company more efficient etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. so yeah that's one of the more kind of consistent yeah. controversies or something that people ask and and really the whole data thing with cambridge analytica there's just a lot of like miss and miss messaging and miseducation that should have happened like scapegoat is or facebook is a scapegoat a lot of times for data and they've messed up many many times but i mean google has 10 times more data than the individual than compared to facebook mm -hmm. but the media's always talking about facebook so i mean they have <laughs> if they have your gmail they have everything they have everything <laughs> it, 
It's like most people have probably like some list called passwords. Literally. It gets backed up to Google, Google. Drive. It's like they, they have everything. Everything. <laughs> All right. Um, so we asked learning, which I think overlaps with advice. But did you have any additional comments or anything that you would like to add as far as advice goes? I feel like you nailed it with the open, like be a student of the world. Yeah, just be, just be resourceful. You know, just There's opportunities, there's amazing people in your life around you. What can you learn from them? How can you add value to them? Okay. And the last question, you'd mentioned earlier on that growing up, you struggled with like negative thoughts yeah. and through a, very, a variety of processes that you, do you feel like you're at a healthier state now? Yeah. So what I, I was going to ask, yeah. what, like, is there anything, anything particular that you feel has helped you the most through those negative thoughts? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And so the answer to your question is gratitude, but I, it's very hard to be grateful when I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And so I mentioned, you know, the, the last couple of years, you know, where I stepped down from a company or stepped down from posts is because I was just getting too busy at the end of the day. I had less time to smell the roses or think about how freaking blessed I am. Cause like, I mean, you know, this when we can be grateful and just like literally count our blessings, like it's hard to be upset. I mean, you know, of course, if you have the chemical imbalance, you know, that's a different story. But right. if you can trigger the serotonin, if you can trigger these things, whether it's practicing gratitude or, you know, feeling, you know, like you can impact someone else, you feel this like different level of fulfillment. You feel like, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm blessed. Like, I'm grateful. Like we live in a beautiful world and I have a beautiful family. And so, yeah, by being able to like slow down a little bit every now and then and just practice gratitude and just like, you know, just smile, just like, you know, be, just be, just kind of let things go with the flow. Like intentionality, like one of my favorite books, Intentional Living by John Maxwell. Intentional living is very important, but like sometimes we can just like Go with the flow. Just kind of let the universe respond to you or let yourself respond to the way the universe is impacting you, sending you different messages. And mm-hmm. so really all ultimately comes down to just gratitude and just practicing that gratitude, which that's what I do like in meditation, that kind of stuff. Right on, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here. For, thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, for people watching, this has been Jeremy Miller. And I, I really hope you guys got something out of this. I definitely did. Awesome. Uh, I don't forget to work on your guys' personal branding. Yes. <laughs> find something you're good at, stick with it, uh, and then find a way to sell it to other people, basically. Yeah, be a value. <laughs> be a value. Help people out. Find a way to get that serotonin by yes. donating your time and, and whatever it is you got. Boom. All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure. If you guys are interested in reaching out to Jeremy Miller, where could they get that at? Uh, my website is jeremyrossmiller.com or hit, hit me up on Twitter, Jeremy Miller with two J's. Yeah. If you guys need that link um, and you're listening just to the audio, we have YouTube, uh, just uh, Triflix cast. And if you struggle to find any of those, we have uh, triflix.com. All of our links are there for all of our channels, all the content we do. Uh, and feel free to reach out to Jeremy and learn whatever it is that whatever it is that he didn't mention today yeah which i feel like was pretty much everything you, you covered a whole we covered a lot today it was good. a lot in good conversation a short period of time that's for sure all right man definitely appreciate it awesome hope you have a good rest of your day my pleasure thanks for having me and people watching hope you do as well